Welcome to Table Talk, a place for honest conversations and getting to meet friends. I'm Betsy Thompson, and I am so excited to get to be here with Chris Anderson this morning. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it so much. I have had the great pleasure of getting to meet you and your sweet wife, Amy, um, <laughs> here at Sagemont. Uh, y'all haven't been here that long. No, no. When did y'all come? I think it's been about a year and a half now. Okay, that that's what here. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, so like 2022-ish. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, what brought y'all to Sagemont? Because <laughs> so, uh, you don't yeah. live close. No, no, we, we live uh, just off the Pearland, off of 288. So it is a little bit of a drive yeah. for us. But you know, when we moved here, um, we were in Florida. We, so we moved, relocated. Right before COVID happened, so that was always uh, yeah. a, a fun thing to get wow. figured out here. Move to a brand new place yeah. and the world shuts down. Yep. Yeah. So we tried at uh, a couple different churches in yeah. the area, um, and like I think everyone on their church home journey, you know, they tried to figure out where they want to be and sure. where they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and we landed on you know Sagemont from a recommendation from a friend of Amy's. Okay. And absolutely fell in love with it. That's so awesome. we've been here ever since. Yeah. Well, and y'all are such a wonderful example. I want to encourage others out there that when y'all came, you jumped in. Yes. And yeah. you've done a great job of getting, you and Amy are both part of Beside now. Yes. You both mm -hmm. have mentors that you're working with and walking through. Y'all are here on Wednesday nights yeah. for Bible studies that are happening. Y'all have done such a good job of going, this is our church. We want to get plugged in yep. and making the effort to do that. Yeah. So you did a really good job. We love it here. Yeah. It's awesome. We love having y'all here. Y'all are awesome. Um, so one of the big reasons I asked Chris to come and join me today, one, just because he's fun and I want y'all to get to know him. <laughs> and uh, But also is Veterans Day is coming up. And Chris, you are a veteran. Yep. And so I did a little research. Veterans Day is always on November 11th. And it was interesting when I started digging into it, it was actually called, and I asked Chris, I'm like, am I saying this right? <laughs> um, Armistice. Yep. Is that right? Armistice correct, yeah. Day. And it was established after World War One to remember the war to end all war, wars. And it was pegged to the time that a ceasefire or armistice occurred in Europe on November 11th. Yep. But you were saying it was like the 11th. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th, 11th month. month, which was, I never knew that. Like, I, you know, being in the military for a long time, you don't really think about it. Yeah. But I had to do my own research as well, too. So it was, it's kind of a little bit of history. It's very yeah. interesting that it's November 11th isn't just a random day right, that yeah. they pick. There is such meaning to that. And then also something I think we all need to be aware of. Veterans Day is different than Memorial Day, yep. which is different than, than Armed Forces Day. Correct, so yeah. Memorial Day is our time here for our country to stop and remember those who we've lost in war. Mm -hmm. And then Armed Forces Day is to celebrate those who are currently in yeah, currently the military, serving, yep. currently serving. And then Veterans Day is to honor and thank all of those who have served. Correct, yes. And so we getting all the pieces right so we are honoring the right people on the, the right, right time, day yeah. <laughs> and doing the right thing and so veterans day you were in the army correct yeah. correct how long were you in the army uh so i joined in 1998 and i was just over over 20 years like 20 years and six wow. months so yeah that's okay. a little bit of time yeah that's a long time yeah, yeah that's a long time talk to me a little bit just about your journey through the army kind of where you went what you ended up doing how that all worked sure yeah so uh i grew up uh, just north of chicago and around lake okay. east and most of my family is still up in that area my okay. 
Uh, my parents, they still live in our childhood home. Cool. Uh, my brother and my sister and their families live in the surrounding areas. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. Like most of my family that has served uh, has been in the Navy, which is kind of a big place in the Chicagoland area. They have the, the um, Great Lakes Naval Base, and that's where they're basic training is at. So I almost joined the Navy um, and then I decided that uh, I waited a little bit and then I decided to join the Army. And I didn't really have a lot going on at the time. I, you know, I, I was, I got like a, you know, your typical teenage, you know, yeah. young adult boy, like, you know, getting in trouble and didn't really have a plan. Uh, so that's kind of where I decided okay. that I was going to you know, pick the army. And you asked my mom to this day. She wasn't happy about it. I came home. I'm like, well, uh, I'm leaving in two weeks <gasps> and uh, I'll see you later. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she's probably got a little bit more backstory on that. I'm but it's, sure uh, that she does. <laughs> I'm sure. I think that's kind of a, it's I'm, in the end. It's 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 the best thing that happened to me because yeah. it's it led to a, a great, great journey and great life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I joined, um, went to basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia, okay. um, and I was enlisted as an infantryman. Um, so that's kind of like, for I guess it's the ones that actually not the only ones that do the fighting, but you're on the ground, like you're on trained, the ground. right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. they have other like you're in a a compass or circumference of like other combat arms, um, but that's one of the big key players that is okay. on the ground, kicking doors in and doing okay. all that stuff. Um, so what helped me mm -hmm. with my history, whenever you joined, what was going on in the world in that season? Like, what did what were you walking into knowing you were walking into? So for me, it was kind of different. It was on the tail end. It was in 98. So it was the tail end of the drawdown um, from the, the administration at that time. So it wasn't there okay. wasn't any real conflicts okay. per se, um, but right after I joined, I think Bosnia had started kind of winding down. And then literally, like, I think two years after I joined, I think in 2000, end of 2000, um, I was in Germany. I moved to Germany for a uh, duty station. Okay. And we deployed to Kosovo for, like, a peacekeeping operation. Okay. So, which was a six-month um, tour, which was just kind of making sure things didn't go sideways because it was after uh, Slobodan Milosevic was removed and it was kind of like on a downturn and, and kind of settling down. So that was the first first time that I've actually deployed. And yeah. that was an interesting, wasn't anything, it wasn't a combat operation. Right. Um, but it was still kind of getting your feet wet into being in another country mm -hmm. and having to operate with the military. So that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how many times were you deployed in those 20 years? Uh, so I Kosovo was the first one, um, a six month. And then I was with, in Germany, again, the same unit. Um, and we deployed in 2003 for the invasion of Iraq. Wow. So that was obviously like, you know, very, <laughs> like, yeah. you didn't really know what you're getting into. Yeah. So there was that one. That was a 12 month one. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then I deployed again after, let's see, after that deployment, I relocated back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. And I was with the 101st. And I was there for, I think, like about five years after that. But I deployed twice with that unit to Iraq again, for wow. each one for 12 months each. Mm. And then had some breaks in between um, different duty stations. And then I went to Afghanistan for nine months. Wow. And that was, I think, 13, 14 time frame. So, yeah. Wow. So I was five, five, yeah. Man. Yeah. So 
a little bit of time away. <laughs> it is so like I'm sitting here going, I don't even know what to ask you, because when you talk <laughs> about being deployed in places like Iraq mm -hmm. and Afghanistan, like I don't think those of us, any of us that haven't been there, we can't really understand what a day to day life yeah. there yeah. is like. And every every deployment, honestly, uh, depends on your location, the yeah. part of the country. Some of them were, you know, easy deployments. Some days were, um, you know, not too bad. And then you have all the like, I think the last deployment I had to Iraq was the most kinetic or like it was like a high threat. We mm -hmm. were, you know, always having to react to stuff. There was a lot of like IEDs, mm -hmm. issues with snipers. So it was Gosh. way you're you're kind of keyed up that whole time so you're going day in day out you know so you go out and do your mission you come home you come back to your base you eat refit sleep plan for the next one yeah. so what you do that for you know five six months and then you get a break for come home for about 30 days or so and then you go back again to finish your 12 months depending on you know how long it's for right. so it's always changing yeah yeah y'all this is this is hitting me very differently than I thought I was going to. <laughs> so I'm trying to hold it together. The ease at which you say IEDs and snipers. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, do you realize the ease with which our veterans and our people, and even, of course, those serving now, get to a place where that is normal, whatever, yeah. and it's not normal. <laughs> but th that is just, you have to somehow get to a place where I know I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to go outside. Yeah, yeah. And it could literally... It could be it, yeah. It could be it. And I think that's, like, what we were talking about previous and, you know, some of the questions. Yeah. You have to, like, for me, like, my faith was, like, paramount, you know. So, I told my wife I was going to cry. So. See, I started it. I'm sorry. And I didn't think I was. I think I, I didn't know this was going to hit me this way. But, I mean... Yeah. Tell me, before we jump too far, mm -hmm. tell me about just your relationship with the Lord. Uh, Where okay. did it start, what let's start there okay where did it start so i was really blessed i i grew up um with a family we grew up lutheran and you know my entire family you know grew up lutheran uh and gone to, i went to the church that we went to saint paul's i went to kindergarten through fourth grade there okay. at a school at there a school. yeah so it was right there uh -huh. um and then I changed in fourth grade and then went to public school, but we continued to go there. And I, you know, went through seventh and eighth grade confirmation, um, went through that whole process. And I've always walked with the Lord. I think as, as I joined the military, mm -hmm. it's not, I, I never walked away, but I think being young, something different, like my priorities sh shifted. Yeah. Um, but I, it was, it was always there cause it was, you know, it was weaved into my DNA ever mm. since I was a child. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, bouncing around different places in the military. You know, I got married uh, to my previous wife who I had, you know, two kids with and they're mm -hmm. out in Oregon now. Um, but, and it's, it was, I got closer to the Lord during that time, but then after the separation, you know, things kind of went sideways yeah. and you kind of do, it's like an up and down thing, but it's never a complete like disassociation. Right. Um, and then when Amy and I met in Florida, you know, her and I both wanted to grow our relationship together and with the Lord. Yeah. And that kind of where we both like dived in head first. It's been amazing ever since. Yeah. yeah. So good. So when you <clears throat> are waking up in Iraq mm -hmm. and 
walking out and to do your duties for the day. What are the conversations with the Lord? What do they What do they look like in those moments? So I, I <laughs> um, it depends on what's going on, but typically yeah. in the morning and the evening, I always, you know, I was, I read a lot, um, you know, read the Bible when I thought about it, but I prayed every morning and night yeah. just to make sure, you know, that I was having that conversation. Um, but and a lot of a lot of veterans that have, you know, it doesn't even have to be. Infantry combat arms. If you've been in a situation that you have to almost, especially the, the, when you're running missions and you're, you know, you, how things are happening, you're you're in charge of other soldiers or you're part of a team. Right. You don't have time to worry about, you know, what's going on back at base or what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about like your your group of people mm-hmm. to make sure that you know whatever you're set out to do, it gets accomplished and everyone makes it back home. And I think that was where, uh, spending that time with God and like, even throughout the day, um, you know, when you think about it, like, you know, just a quick like prayer or or if something happens, like I've got some wild stories of like, God had his hands on us. Like, because if, if it wouldn't have Mm. him, if he wouldn't have been there, like it would have, it would have changed the course of a lot of people's lives. Wow. So it's, and I think that I completely attribute that to, I mean, like for him, his grace. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say um, that you learned about the Lord through serving? That I mean, something you're like, I, I learned this through serving in the military. Uh, he's always there. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that I, I know for sure that uh, being in situations where you know, like we are like vehicle, like within to kind of like, I guess, shape it a little bit to understand it more. Like, yeah. you know, within a, a two week period, um, the same vehicle I was in got hit with an IED strike. Um, and a week prior to me getting there, that vehicle, we switched to newer vehicles. If we would have been in the older vehicles, wow. it would have, it would have been really bad. And then just being able to you know, a lot of people like normal people that don't go through that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's not normal to be in a vehicle that gets blown sure. up. But when it happens and you you have like the you have, you know, you, that belief in God that like he's there with you. He got you through it. He's going to continue to get you through it to the next day. Put your gear on and get another vehicle and go back out and do it again and go try to find the guys that did it. Did it. That's a whole another level of faith that and that's kind of where like i i know he's walking you know this with me even though i can't see him i know he's there yeah, yeah. oh i love that so much <clears throat> um just looking at living that life talk a little bit just about um civilians those of us that aren't military mm-hmm. when you're going through that the intensity of that, that the way y'all have to get to a place where that can be what you do day in, day yeah. out. But then you come back or then you come home and talk a little bit about how do we love and support and encourage that the transitions back and even the transition back, knowing you're going to go again back. <laughs> yes. Like talk a yeah. little bit just about what does that feel like? What does that look like? How do we support y'all in that? I think the the hardest thing for, especially, I mean, for having a family, it's extremely difficult. Like I, like my wife and I have always talked that, 
you know, it's it's hard for me being there because you're you're the one in danger. You're having to go yeah. through it, but it's also like I don't have to worry about what's going on because I'm I'm living it. Right. You know, the family that's home, they don't they don't know day to day. They're not on the phone call, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, I got to go, and then you don't hear from them for a couple of days. So there's always that. But you know, when you get home, um, you're the veteran. You know, they're keyed up for you know six months, four months, whatever, that you're you're going and going and going. And it does take a, t- a lot of time to wind down. But I think having uh, a loving family, friends, you know, they may not have understood what you've gone through, but I think just being um, being there, you know, for them, regardless of what it is. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of us, you know, whether they, you know, have faith or not, there's other demons that come up with yeah. not being able to handle you know, things that they've gone through. And I think that's where the family, friends, or if they're able to identify that and kindly mm-hmm. like, hey, look, like, you know, you've, you know, you need help or how can we help you yeah. and kind of push them in the right direction. In the military, they, they've gotten better um, with reintegrating, they call it reintegration mm-hmm. when you come back from a deployment. Okay. Um, because you, you're not allowed to go like right on, you know, block leave, spend time with your family. You can integrate but they have mandatory, you know, stuff you have to do. I mean, it's okay. not like, you know, you're completely talking to a mental health counselor, but a lot of people like aren't going to be like, oh, I need to go talk to somebody. Yeah. But the opportunities there and they try to curb that as much as possible yeah. um, to help with that, because there is a lot of people they don't they don't deal well um, coming back. Everyone deals differently Absolutely. with different stuff and whether it's you know, going, you know, using alcohol or, mm-hmm. you know, other illicit drugs or things that they don't know how to deal with it. And I, I'm very blessed that I never have had those issues, but I've always had God to fall back on. And I really think that um, having him in my life, and it's funny, like, I don't, I don't think about it a whole lot, but my wife, she's like, you're the most calm, like, chill person. Yeah. She's like, I still don't understand how you can just deal with things like that after, you know, in it. Yeah. And it just, I'm, I'm very, very lucky, you know, that things have happened the way they have. Because yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of friends that, you know, haven't dealt so well or have mm-hmm. is, have had issues in the past. Yeah. So just trying to help them as much as you can and yeah. being there for them is a, is a big thing. Yeah. I think it's so good in our, I think, world kind of at large um, that counseling and mental health isn't taboo anymore. Right. It is a, yo, this is a real thing. We need to talk about these things. We need to deal with these things. And I mean, gosh, for our military people, what a huge blessing to be able to go, Hey, when you come back, you're probably going to almost hundred percent, you're going to have to deal with the things that you went through and that you dealt with. And we want to do that for you instead of just saying, Hey, come back and be fine. Yep. And I just love that we're getting to a place where that's, accepted and not just accepted but encouraged absolutely like yeah. deal, we all need to deal with our mental health and emotional mm-hmm. health and often we need outside sources to help us walk through that oh absolutely so you can't deal with it. it on your own yeah and you look at uh you know the you know the veterans that are still around the tail end of you know that are still you know from world war ii when they used to call it, you know 
what battle fatigue or shell shock and then into Vietnam where it was kind of carried over where it was kind of like, hey, just go and do your job. It doesn't matter what you have to do and you'll be fine. And I think it's taken that long to figure out that like things are not okay. Right. You know, you you can't keep keep going without, you know, there being an issue down the road. Yeah. Having to process the things that I'm sure that you have seen that I will never see. In no my one should lifetime. have to see that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that part of even going through, nobody should mm-hmm. have to see this. Yeah. And then even talk a little bit just about how have you processed with the Lord that? How is this part of your plan? This, how, how should anybody have to see this? How is this what you're doing? And then also in, in that going, but I trust you. Yeah. Like, how have you been able to balance that out? I don't know if I've ever really, um, I guess, kind of like worked through that in a, in a way. Like, I know that, you know, things happen, you see bad things, yeah. uh, and it's kind of like you try to rationalize in your head, like, how could, the in, how could these people do this? And, and seeing all the inhumanity, mm-hmm. and, and now I know, like, I, I know that he's got a plan, it's his... It's for whatever reason, like it's he's allowing it to happen. You know, there's even the world. I mean, and you look at what's going on in Israel Absolutely. right now, and that's where a lot of veterans, even though they may not be Israeli, they may not have friends or family that are over there. Um, but it's that you're seeing the worst of the worst. Yeah. And if you've walked that life or have gone through that on, you know, even a minor level, mm-hmm. um, like what really bothered me on deployments was. You know, yeah, you have people that are, you know, obviously trying to, you know, kill you or do harm to you. But then you have you see how, you know, these young kids and then, you know, the how they're mistreated and then trying to figure out, like, you know, how to rationalize that in your head, because it's just like, okay, well, you know, are they going to grow up to be somebody else that just hates Americans or you try to help them out? And the military in general, like, tries to do a lot of um, they bring in other people to help kind of, you know, whether it's like uh, bring stuff like what we do is for like school, I like try to bring backpacks and stuff. They try to help with that or bring right. soccer balls or, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, trying to, you know, okay, well, things are happening that are bad here, but if we can try to shine a light somehow, yeah. I think that kind of wraps back around to, you know, it helps, you know, for me, like I was able to deal with that a little bit better by yeah. trying to do a little bit of good where you can or trying to, you know, not be this like stoic, like don't come and talk to me, right. you know, because that's off putting to them too. And yeah. everyone's human. So yeah. there's going to be emotion regardless. Mm-hmm. I remember a conversation <clears throat> you and Amy and I had in the hallway a couple of weeks ago here at church where you were talking about remembering playing soccer with yeah. the kids in your full yeah. gear, yeah. running around playing soccer. Yeah, we did. That was, that was fun. We were able to do that in obviously different areas. Um, Different deployments sure. or different situations. I mean, we've, <laughs> I've, you know, I was able to do that with the kids. There's been times where uh, in Kosovo, that was since it was a peacekeeping one, mm-hmm. you know, m- me and a couple of guys that were on patrol, like we stopped through, it was a coffee shop and went up and we're talking to people there yeah. um, on another deployment in Iraq. We, you know, 
we went in. It was a, a bunch of Iraqi, you know, young men. There, like there was a pool hall that was open at night. And we were doing a night patrol, and some guys uh, with our interpreter. We went in there. We had guys that were still pulling security, so it was safe for us. But we went in there, start talking, and you know, me and another guy were playing pool with them, and they absolutely loved it. Yeah. And it just, you know, there's. It's not like everybody in that country is bad. You have your bad seeds everywhere. I mean, look at our country. Absolutely. Um, but trying to make the best of it and hopefully be a light where you can uh, is, it helps. I love that so much. <clears throat> I love, I think there's so often those are the stories mm -hmm. that we don't hear. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in the news and the day-to-day. -day. And that's what's so neat. And I think even an encouragement to all of us, during this season, the next couple of weeks with Veterans Day, or just any time you get a chance, when you talk to a veteran, ask those kinds of stories. Right, like, yeah. Tell me about the time that you got to do something different, mm -hmm. you know, and and helping hear those kinds of stories that we don't get to hear very yeah, often. I can try to do that, too. When I think about it, if I, every once in a while, if um, it probably happens more, like if I'm buying work supplies at Home Depot, I've ran into a couple of veterans will have their hats on yeah. that are from the Vietnam, Vietnam era. And I'll like, you know, and I recognize like the unit on his, on his mm -hmm. head, like, hey, you know, what unit do you serve in? And just get to talking to them. That's and cool. they love it, you know, yeah. especially the, the older generation, because people, it's almost like they, they don't want to have anything to do with it or yeah. to disassociate or like not know what to say. Yes. But it's funny because even, even I'll light up you know, because they get excited, like, oh, it's another veteran. Like, oh, hey, you know, how's it going? It's, yeah. you know, and they start asking questions. And if it's just that one little, you know, couple minutes of time that you spend with them, I mean, it means a big deal. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, it might be that maybe they were having a bad day that yeah, day. You know, I mean, sure. everyone needs somebody to talk to. So yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. Um, so you were in the military mm -hmm. for 20, about 20 years. How long have you been out of the military now so i retired uh december of 2019 the end okay. of the year um so what is that like almost five years now yeah. close to five yeah. years yep. talk to me a little bit just for those of us that are uh don't know all the things um talk about the transition from active duty to stepping into retirement and what that looks like how did you transition um and i know it's different for everybody but for <laughs> yeah. you yeah. what did it look like uh, so at the time I was working at Arkansas State University. That was the last uh, few years, about last year and a half I was in. Um, I was teaching, you know, the the college kids there that were going through the officer uh, cadet program. Cool. So which was real. It was a lot of fun because you know they're you know nineteen, twenty, twenty year old, wow. one year old kids that are. You want to be in the military and they want to pick your brain. They want to know what you know. And you kind of get to impart that wisdom. Because at that point, I was at, I think, 18 years. And I had got to, I was a company first sergeant. So that's an E8. Um, and that's kind of where I retired at. But there's a lot of people that you've worked with over that time. So they want to know what you know, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, one thing that mm -hmm. I just thought of that we should do, um, because I might not understand this, but people that were watching it will. Uh -huh. Tell me, like all the titles like oh God. <laughs> the, the the company name like the stuff that somebody will go i knew somebody there or okay. that's what i used to do like i know i won't necessarily understand it but somebody watching or listening it's gonna sure, encourage yeah. them or excite them yeah so i um i guess start with duty stations uh, i started out at one nine cav which was in fort hood texas um and then from there i went to germany which is in bomb holder germany and that was 
old Ironside, so first armor division, and I was there for about five years. Um, and then at that point, like during when I was there, it's kind of when I started going to military school. So I went to leading up to that first deployment to Iraq, um, they sent some of us to sniper school. So I went to sniper school wow. myself in Georgia, which was a lot of fun. Um, wow. And then after that, that deployment, I went to Fort Campbell. I was there for the two deployments, but about five years. Um, I was in the 101st. I was in, what was it, uh, first and second, 327, so I was in no slack and above the rest. So, you know, the unit, it's four camels divided into four brigades and everything kind of goes down okay. into these smaller units. Um, so that's kind of where I spent most of my time there. And I was in a normal infantry platoon, and then I was in a scout platoon, which does like forward reconnaissance and sniper stuff for wow. that unit. Um, and then from that, from Fort Campbell, I went to Ranger School. Uh, made it through that, um, and then did deployments there, and then went, left Fort Campbell, went down to uh, Destin, Florida, where I was um, a range instructor for the third phase of ranger school. So wow. the first phase is, or the first two phases are in Georgia. The one is just in Fort Benning, Georgia. It's just pine trees and clay. And then the second phase is in Dahlonega, Georgia, which is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So mm -hmm. they call it the mountain phase, which is awful. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, my, we actually got a good buddy of mine um, that's going to go take over a, a command sergeant major position there here in February, um, which would be cool. We'll be able to see him. And that's great. The, the last time I was there was when I left that place. So <laughs> that was the worst for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, and in Florida, where I was at, they call it the swamp phase. So you're doing a lot of long movements over ground and then you're doing boat movements swamp movements and there's a lot of different things that go into this so i did that for a couple of years okay what is a lung movement or a long a, i mean a long, long movement long okay, movement long, yeah like, like long lungs, walks they're making your lungs work really hard <laughs> which probably true yes they're making sure that you can no it was i'm sorry yeah it. it's just a long walks long walks at wow. night <laughs> oh my gosh so in mm -hmm. the swamps i mean is it literally in the swamps oh yeah yeah wow. yeah it's um and it varies from time to time of the year. Uh, sure. Sometimes it's really, you're walking in like waste or chest deep water. Sometimes where it's almost like a drought and it's it's wow. just mud. And that's almost worse to move in because you're walking or trying to move through knee high mud and with a hundred pounds of gear, yeah. <laughs> which is, Oh it's, my goodness. That's not fun. Okay. But uh Thank you for saying yeah. all of those things. They sounded <laughs> yeah, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome that that's all in your brain and that you could do all of that. Yeah. And it's so I mean it's just such a neat. It really is. And I think this is one of the things like you said when you run into people that have lived this life. Mm -hmm. There is instant hey, we have a common language. We have right, a common yeah, thing yeah. and I I love that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. For y'all to get to do that. Okay, so then you Florida, but then you were teaching. Yeah, so I went. I left Florida, um, and then I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana, which is uh, everyone in the, in the military wise would say that like that's the worst place on earth to be stationed. Um, and it's basically where um, units will come through and conduct like a mock war. Oh wow! So they'll have, and I was fortunate enough to be part of. They call it Geronimo. And we were the opposing force, so we played the bad guys. Wow. So at that time, like, I was also airborne qualified. Um, so we would, uh, when the units would come through before their uh, their pre-deployment exercises, uh -huh. um, we would be the ones that they fought. So we would do, wow. you know, the first 
couple days of the mission, we would, you know, infill by air. We'd jump into certain areas and then fight them. And it was kind of a back and forth thing for about two weeks. And, wow. and that was that was a lot of fun. That, I, wow. I absolutely loved it there um, because you just get to do different things. You're not tied to what at that time. I mean, yes, you're still in, in the military, sure. but you're not tied to how the U.S. Army has to maneuver like the units we're fighting. Mm -hmm. So we're we're trying to create as much of a realistic enemy threat right. that they would face on a deployment. Coming up with as yep. many different ways mm -hmm. to do it. How yeah. interesting. Yeah, so you get to wow. see. And then and they try to incorporate uh, things that are happening. You know, they call them okay. enemy, enemy TTPs, things that are happening on a deployment mm -hmm. to kind of bring into that, to kind of yeah. prep them for it. Yep. Wow, that is so yeah. interesting. And then I went to... After that is when I went to Arkansas State to That's be a, really cool. a teacher up there. Yeah, so. That's amazing. Yeah. The coolness to think about the influence you've had on so many people that are serving right now. Yeah. That's really cool, Chris. It, I, that, it's, and you don't think about it because, there, I mean, you interact with so many people, you know, over a 20-year span. Yeah. And I still have, um, from time to time, I'll get, you know, either officers or other peers or younger soldiers that have called me up and just, hey, how's it going? Or I have a question about this, yeah. or I'm having an issue with this. How would you, you know, handle it? That's cool. And it's cool because like I've been out for, you know, four or five years yeah. now and people still, you know, I guess find value in it. So yeah, that's cool. amazing. Well, that's yeah. a long time and yeah. you did a really, lots of different things and yeah, did it yeah. really, really well. So that's awesome. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about, because I think this is super interesting, <laughs> uh, what you're doing in retirement right now. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. So I, um, so when we're in Florida, we retired out, that's where we moved, where Amy was working as a, a chiropractor there. And I started uh, doing uh contracting work with the Air Force and we ended up we're getting ready to move but I started getting into woodworking um, making cutting boards and small stuff mm -hmm. uh, there in Florida and when we moved here to Houston uh, for Amy she's actually um, she's actually a chiropractor at the Houston VA mm -hmm. so she does all that fun stuff and gets to work with us crazy veterans <laughs> uh, but um, she loves it but yeah. yeah so we we moved here and right before COVID happened and like a lot of other people that I'm sure moved here during that time, I could not find a job. Right. I've, I applied everywhere. You know, I thought with, you know, certifications and a degree and all that, like, oh, yeah, I'd be a shoe in right. Well, I just, nothing happened. And that's kind of where I started getting more into woodworking. I started doing more cutting boards and things like that. And then my neighbor asked me to build out his closet for him. And I was like, I mean, if you trust me, you know, right. sure, why not? Yeah. You know, And it kind of grew from there. And over the last three years, it's gone from small stuff. Now I'm getting into um, custom built-ins, cabinets. Um, like I'm actually starting here in the next week or two, small renovations with a, another contractor. So I'm trying that's to, awesome. that's kind of where it's leading to. And it's, and even to this day, I'm still kind of baffled that like all the jobs that I applied for, nothing worked. And the only thing that kept growing was this woodworking thing. I was like, well, I guess that's where God wants me. There you and go. It, it's continued to, right. continue to grow from there. So Walk through the open doors. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that's so fun that you're doing that. Yeah, it's been I a blessing. That's, yeah. that's really, really cool. Um, I so appreciate you coming. Absolutely. And sharing just your experiences with us and also just wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, and uh, thank you for serving. 
And um, and I think we were talking at the beginning, kind of what is appropriate to say, what's not appropriate to say. And I think y'all just thank you for serving. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Is yep. just such a beautiful thing mm -hmm. to say. And I think we we have to, even though I think we hate to think about what you had to go through, what people had to go through yeah. um, for us to have freedom and walk around. Uh, we don't like to necessarily think about it because right. it's hard, yeah, right? Yeah, like you said, absolutely. nobody wants to stop and think. Of, yep. But y'all, even just the little bit that I did not realize how it was going to hit me today, it will for now and forever make me look at veterans and say, thank you for your service in a different way. Yeah be willing to let some of that knowledge and reality in so that we really honestly can look at our veterans and just say thank you. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming Thanks, and sharing. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, it was awesome. And we didn't tear up too much. No, no it was good. And no. you'll be proud. And <laughs> <laughs> you'll be proud. Thanks, Chris, for coming. Y'all, when you see Chris walking around church or reach out to him if you want to ask him more questions, if you tell him thank you yourself in these next few days as we're walking around and getting to celebrate our veterans and tell them thank you. Be purposeful. Look for the hats. Yeah. Look for the things that are those symbols that they wear with such pride to be able to go up and say, hey, thank you for your service. And so, um, happy Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for your service. And thanks for hanging out. It was awesome. Y'all, get to know Chris. He's <laughs> so fun. You need to know him. Get to know him. Look for him around church. He would love to get to know you as Absolutely. well. Thanks for hanging out at Table Talk. We will see you next time. Bye.